Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the Herald Express Devon Live Talker United Yellow Army podcast, created weekly by David Thomas and Guy Henderson. Here you can find everything you ever wanted to know about Talker United, along probably with quite a lot that you didn't. You can find the podcast in the Talker United section of devonlive.com, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Much to discuss on this week's Yellow Army podcast. We'll get to the Champions DVD a little bit later on, which um, which we've been enjoying this week. Lots of fans have as well, because uh, I know it was selling like hotcakes up at Playmore on Tuesday night. But let's start with the, the elephant in the room, if you like. Let's start with booing, David. Booing. There was some booing at the end of the Tuesday game. Uh, Torquay lost 2-0 at home to Maidenhead. Um, I... I was the same as you. I, I thought, you know, did I hear that? You know, how, how much was there? But yeah. you, you can hear it on YouTube. It's not a nice sound to hear in the ground. No, it? it's... We weren't really aware of it that much where we were. Um, although I've since spoken to a lot of supporters and had, you know, chats and messages flashing backwards and forth. I know there's been a lot on social media, mm. uh, especially in the wake of Gary's comments afterwards. Gary Johnson, as, as, as ever... Yeah, uh, doesn't shy away from this sort of thing. He came out afterwards and and straight away. And I think because he was genuinely taken aback by yeah. um, uh, the reaction well, it's, of, it's, of a small section, yeah. and we are talking about a very small section of the of the crowd on on Tuesday. Now, I think what what upset even the supporters who definitely yeah. would never dream of booing and weren't booing on Tuesday night was that United, as frustrating as it was, they did lose 2-0, etc., etc., etc. They did fall away a little bit in the second half, although you only have to have a look at the highlights and realise how much they were still on top, even in the second half, when they didn't play as well as they did in the first. Um, that it wasn't like a kind of a bottom-of-the-table, no, lose-at-home-to-Chippenham-town yeah. performance, which you can understand, it was United played some extraordinarily good stuff on Tuesday night. Yeah. They were, in my book, unlucky to lose the game. Um, it wasn't as if they were blazing chances over open goals from th- three yards out, etc., etc. Yes, of course, it was frustrating, and no one was frustrated more than Gary Johnson, mm. the staff, and the players. Um, and here, you know, old old thing: people pay, pay their money. They can well, say and do what they like. It was but one, I ne- I one know. of the first podcasts we ever did with Alan Nil, he was pointing that out, wasn't he? You know, he, he'd had some ferocious stick in a game and he said, yeah. you know, people have paid their 20 quid to come in or whatever. Yeah. They're entitled to have a go. They but are. And we would always yeah. say that. Yeah. Um, it's just that I think Gary was a bit taken aback. This is obviously, he's he's hasn't been here yet, a year yet. And no. obviously the, the, the support has been great. He's, he's, he's bought into it. Everyone has, haven't they? And it was the first time on Tuesday night when the team had played quite well, yeah. uh, uh, even in defeat, that he detected, obviously behind him, behind the dugout mm. yeah. in Bristow's bench. And I've since checked with people who've been on the pop side and they said one or two people were having a go. And it was sparking off little arguments yeah. you know, with people turning around and saying, you're out of order, shut up, you know, um, which is always a, you know, was ever thus, and I dare say it's the same on nearly every ground around the country yeah, yeah. on an almost weekly basis. And I think it is worth worth mentioning that Plainmore, on the whole, 
is a, is a, a very supportive ground. Yeah, uh, it may go quiet every now and again, uh, and um, you can argue that it might not be as quotes passionate as Tyneside, Wearside, Merseyside, etc., etc. But the, the 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 flip side of that passion at those in in places like that yeah. that everybody likes to call the hotbeds of football is that when the team doesn't do it, they turn quicker. Yeah, and yeah. the stick is louder than it is at places like Playmore. Uh, yes, okay, uh, uh, Playmore may be a bit quiet and uh, from time to time, but you don't get. I've I've been on northern grounds, yeah, where yeah. Uh, their own teams have not shown up in the first half hour, and they and and you you hear and watch the support, and you think, how on earth are they playing in front of this lot? Mm. The difference is, of course, is that they put five or ten decent minutes together and it turns very yeah. quickly. So, But I think Gary Johnson was just a little bit taken aback. He was, he, 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 I asked him at, the, at this, today's press conference whether he'd had a chance to have a talk to Alan Devonshire after the game. Um, and he said, well, no, not, not because they're not friends, but, but they wanted, um, Maidenhead wanted to get away quite quickly. And he said, to be perfectly honest with you, he said, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't in the best mood to, no. to, 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 no. to, to have small talk with anybody after the game. He was still pretty wound yeah. up for all the right reasons. Um, so I've, I've never been to a football match in my life and booed my own team. I don't understand. I've turned away in dismay. Uh, um, I've never left a ground before <laughs> the 90 no. minutes was up, as awful as it's been. Even, you know, like paying. I'm not talking about when I've just been working. Um, I, I think the difference between people who go to watch fo football matches is that there is this commitment to the team. Isn't yeah. there? It's yeah. not like going to the cinema or the theatre, you know, um, or a concert. You know where you Quite are true. a customer, and I think you and I and everybody else who supports talking about it cannot stand this concept in football that the supporters are in some in some ways punters or customers. I, I think that's absolutely that yeah. the, the owners who do that get it so far wrong, and it contributes to an awful lot of downfalls. People who go to watch football pay their money, and they and they are. 99.9% of them there because they are actually supporting the team. Yeah, that's uh, true. And, and you and I have watched an awful lot of very bad teams over the years. It doesn't make any difference. We still go along. We do not go along to be entertained. We go along to see our team win. If they entertain us along the way, all well and good. Yeah. And that is yeah. the, the, the icing on the cake. We're there because of only one thing. We want to see the team win. And... Uh, uh, what Gary Johnson has done, and from time to time over the years, many other United teams that you and I have watched, his is do both. Now, when that happens, we walk around with silly grins on our faces for days afterwards and bore all our friends with it, saying how great it was. Um, and we we can't imagine. I, I I've booed an awful lot of opposing teams. I've booed referees, etc., etc. Et but I've never Surely not, I've Dave. never booed my own team because yeah. it's, it just goes completely no. against yeah. the grain. I okay. a I know it doesn't help. In fact, that's probably the biggest reason why I've yeah. never done it. And I'm when I'm I'm talking about myself here. I'm I'm sure I'm talking for thousands of of supporters, uh, and uh, I, I can't stand it when I stand on a terrace with all. Talkie fans from time to time, or you know any other yeah. team, 
and people who are supposed to be supporting the team start booing. I've known, you know, it's all part and parcel of the game when people have a go at somebody. Yes, of course it does. But then to turn it into, you know, i.e., come on, somebody, you know, pull your finger out. Yeah, that's all yeah. part of it, isn't it? That's different. Um, that, that's yeah, different. Yeah. But I think what happened on Tuesday night was it wasn't as if it was a bottom of the table performance and people couldn't keep the ball on the park. Uh, people weren't trying to get on the end of things, etc., etc., etc. That young talky side played some really outstanding football, certainly in the yeah. first in the first half. Okay, and it didn't work out in the end, and they ended up losing. And the, um, the the people who are booing need to remember where we were twelve months ago. There you go. That's another point. Um, um, uh, and and you know, I was entertained on Tuesday. Yeah, let, let's I know, move I, on. I know. I know. I was working. I, yeah. it, it was. It, you saw football, mm -hmm. which I believe was above national league level, certainly in the first half hour. Don't get me wrong. Here we go. I know matches last for ninety minutes, but sometimes you just have nights when it will not go in. Their keeper had. As I mean, I can't remember us blazing over the bar from three yards out. I don't think that mm -hmm. happened. It may have been if I've forgotten it, but um, you know, it, it was. It was there was some great stuff, yeah, uh, and, yeah. and especially but, through the midfield. The passing yes. in midfield was as good as I've seen exactly. from Chalk. Yeah, it was, it was and, really and in those good. circumstances, I think Gary and one or two of us found it hard uh, to to hear that people actually booed that. You know, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, bloody frustrating, and you can go, you can imagine, you know, but but sort of booing the team almost says you don't like what you're seeing. Mm. I thought it was interesting what Gary said in his post-match interview when he said that you know Torquay had bossed the game for that first half hour, but the goal had had deflated. I think it was the word was deflated, demoralised, demoralised the whole club. The club. He 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 said it changed the atmosphere completely, both yeah. on the pitch for which he wasn't making any excuses at all, mm. and off it. That's what he was. You know, he said yeah. it's almost like everybody went oh, and I think probably what what this this all comes out of. Everybody wants this to work so much. Yeah, you know yeah. the fact that the, the the management want it to work. The players I know are desperate for it to keep work. We've we've had a, an upbeat year. Yeah, everybody, you know, and Gary Johnson has set the the template, hasn't he? We are aiming to finish in the top half of the table, even if not playoffs, and and we are trying to win promotion. Yeah, we are on an upward graph. And, and and obviously everybody is bought into that. Expectation levels are high. Yeah. And that's what leads to this frustration when we lose at home to Maidenhead United, who most people probably in their minds who turned up on Tuesday night. And by the way, there's, there were 3,000 best parts of Torquay supporters there on Tuesday yeah. night. I thought it was a fantastic... Was and Gary, very, very good turnout. And Gary Johnson referred to that today. He said that was a brilliant crowd. I, I was expecting... Two six something like yeah, that, you know, yeah. on a Tuesday night. Um, so everybody is desperate for this to happen, desperate for it to work. We all want Amani Little, you know, splitting defence, producing yeah. defence splitting passes. Jamie Reed lashing it into the net, and then a couple of minutes later, you know, Calvin Kalala beats eight and and and, and just and, eight, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just the eight, etc. <laughs> uh, etc. Et we all desperate. We all want that to happen. So when it doesn't, it leads to this sort of frustration. The expectation levels are very high. Yeah. Well, you know, we'd far rather be in that situation than ever than fifteen hundred turning up expecting to see the team lose every week. Yeah. 
which is where we've been in the fairly recent past there as well, go. isn't it? So, yeah, yeah I mean, the, the people who are booing really need to take that on board, don't they? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, as, as Aaron Neil said, you pay your money, you yeah, know, and yeah. that, but it, it's and and you are entitled to, to, to say and do what you what you like within with within obvious reasons. But the funny thing is, I can understand people booing when you lose four 0 at home to Bromley, like we did yeah. uh, uh, the season before last. I can understand people booing when you lose at home to Chippenham Town and you can hardly you haven't been able to hit a cow's ass with a banjo. I can understand all all of that. But Tuesday night wasn't like that. Mm. Frustrating, absolutely. Yeah, you know, you walk away shaking your head, going, "Oh, the bloody hell have we managed to lose that?" Absolutely, but that was not a struggling club's performance. Let's talk a little bit about Calvin Kalala then, because Calvin, you know, there there were lots of good things to take away from Tuesday night, and there were there were some mystifying things, and Calvin Kalala mystifies me week in week out. Now. I think he'd, he'd be honest enough to say he didn't have one of his greatest games on Tuesday night. He, but he was voted man of the match by the sponsors, the bless them. He was. But I think maybe they were dazzled by a couple of bits of skill that we've just watched back yeah. on the highlights, haven't we? Calvin beat four men in the first half down in front of the pop side. When it was absolutely impossible to do it. And one of them probably more than once before getting a cross in. Yeah. And he went. He did the same thing in the second half. When we, in fact, we were both head in our hands, thinking, "Where's he going? What's he doing?" You know, yeah. there are players in the middle waiting for a cross. He's taken on two or three defenders, some of them more than once, and got a cross in. I mean, he is potentially a, a, a game changer, isn't he, Calvin? He, he is the most. Uh, I think what we've just been talking about the team. If if it's encapsulated in one player, and the last thing we want to do is load all this on poor old Calvin, but. Uh, I would think that of his type, he's completely unique in yeah. the National League. He is a, a throwback to the, the Stanley Matthews type <laughs> wingers of the of the past. Well, the ball sticks to him, doesn't uh, and, it? And and he is a, a phenomenal dribbler of the ball. Yeah. And when Gary Johnson signed him, I think one of the phrases he used was was he is incredibly difficult to get the ball off. Yeah, that's often yeah. down, not down to what he's doing. He just has this natural knack. Now, would we rather have him, or would we rather not? No, of course we'll have him. We, we, yeah. we, we, yeah. We'd rather have him. He is a match-winning player. Yeah, he has talent that other people will never have. You know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But he's probably encapsulates what we've just been talking about. This business of learning. All of football, the same as in life, is about decision making. Yeah, not what you do but when you do it half the time. And when Calvin Kalala suddenly learns that a pass is better than a dribble, yeah. he'll be, yeah. well, he'll be gone. He'll be gone. Yeah. Because uh, all that's holding him back at the moment, well, all, but you know, one, is just that awareness of when to release the ball and when, and when to take people on. The phrase and, that you used on Tuesday night that I thought summed up was seeing pictures. It's, yeah. it's seeing the game in front of you, isn't yes. it? Yes, and, and, and when we hark back misty-eyed to the Alex Russells and the Steve McCalls and, and you know, those sort of players, they knew instinctively what was on and when to do it. Yeah. Calvin Kalara is 20... One twenty-two years old. Yeah, he's only had one senior season in English football. Alex Russell was thirty. Uh, um, Steve McCall was 
300 and something, you know, etc. <laughs> they had learnt all this. And, and that's the whole point about this team, is that Gary Johnson and the United staff have got a young side. They are not the biggest money earners mm. in the National League by any stretch of the imagination. It's a working budget, yeah. etc. And Johnson is perfectly happy. Is, 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 well, he's as happy with it as any manager is. I promise you there are players that United have already played against this season that are on at least double what the top earners are playing really? on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is scary in itself from their club's point of view. Um, by the way, uh, uh, several of them not getting anything like the crowds at, at Plainmore. No. United are putting their money into other areas of the club, like training facilities and, and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and are trying at the moment, I think, as everybody can see, to up the, the revenue of the mm. club. That's another subject altogether. But uh, these players are youngsters. Armani Little, one senior season under his belt. Yeah. And yet he's one of our key midfield players, yeah. is he yeah. not? Uh, Jake Andrews, one and a half seasons yeah. of, of of senior football under his belt. Opie Edwards, twenty years old. We can we can still well, go Con, through. I mean, Connor. You look at Connor Lemon. I was thinking of him as a bit of an old hand. Exactly. He's not twenty-two years yeah. old. Jamie Reed uh, was he twenty-four or twenty-five? 25. Yeah, twenty-five the other day. Yeah. He's a veteran yeah. as, far, as, yeah. as far as most people are concerned. And also at the back, Ben Winter, twenty-two, going on twenty-three, possibly. John E. Uh, Kuiniati. He's 25, 26, but again, in terms of senior experience, um, uh, Sean McDonald, 22, Kyle Cameron, who we think of as one of the kind of like steady eddies of the team, 22 years old. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Frankie Vincent, 20. The, the, these are, uh, you know, good, young, talented players who are learning on the job. Yeah. I like watching them. Yeah, but yeah. I know I'm going to throw my biro on the floor at regular intervals during the season and through, sheer, frustra yes, yes, <laughs> through yeah. sheer frustration. Yes. But in a in a funny sort of way, I would rather watch them learning and improving and getting better than some of the old hands who have turned up here in the last. We can all recall clearly picking up the money on a on a final one yeah, or two year yeah. contract and and knowing that it ain't going anywhere. Um, do you think Gary is still in the market? Is he still looking at that team and thinking, I maybe need to add a bit of guile, I need to add a bandit in there somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> is the Pope Catholic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. do bears, yes, they yeah. do. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely he is. Um, uh, and I think he's given himself a little bit of yeah. leeway and room on the budget to do that, if and when he needs to. But he's got 21 players now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we can come on to, you know, uh, Liam Davis, one practice match, and we, we think we've, that there'll be one next midweek yeah. away from, from being up for selection. He may even travel to Dover this weekend. Yeah. I think that might be a game too soon for him to actually okay. play. He's back into the fold. Uh, Olaf Casella obviously has gone out to Tiverton on loan, but that's for a month. Yeah. Well done, Olaf. Scored on his debut. What a shock that was yeah. yes, <laughs> last yeah. Saturday. I thought he might do that. Yeah, quite. And Ryan um, Dixon. And Ryan Dixon, a little bit of a setback in training. He's got almost to the point where he's nearly back. Um, uh, he's having another scan because there's just a little niggle. It's, yeah. it's, it's only that, and they don't think it's anything very serious. So he's another 10 days, probably fortnight yeah. away, possibly. They hoped he would be back quicker yeah. than that. But Davis is very close. Well, so you're still talking about 19 players mm, uh, available yeah. at the moment. Everybody's fit. Um, 
Uh, look, if Davis comes back, and let's face it, he played, he kicked off every single game last season yeah. and is one of United's most senior, you know, important players. Um, wow, doesn't that, that rack the competition up in midfield? Does. I mean, we saw yeah. Asa Hall, the captain, taken off on Tuesday night, yeah. um, which I think most of us raised an eyebrow at. But again, the, this does show, does it not, that, that, and we've seen with Gary Johnson's substitutions and changes, yeah. He'll do it to anybody. Oh, yeah. He, 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 yeah. Sometimes we've seen players go off and we've gone, whoa, wow, he's obviously seen something there he's not yeah. happy about. And, he, and, and this, is, this is the mind at work. Yeah. And he's not, he's not just doing it, he's not doing it for crowd-pleasing reasons oh, either, is he? No, because he made not. the changes that he made on Tuesday. We would have all put the deeds to the house on Opie Edwards coming on at Quite. some point, but Gary saw something, you know, he brought Joe Lewis on, who had a tidy game, I thought, yeah. in the time that he was on. Yeah. Um, Rory came on as well, um, but no Opie Edwards, no. which was strange. Okay, but a lot of people found that surprising, but obviously the, the obvious change for that is Edwards for Kalala, wasn't it? Yeah. That, that would have been you know right winger for right winger. But Johnson clearly felt, he watched, he, he, he was one, that Kalala still had the ability to produce something out of nothing yes. and open up yeah. that defence. Yeah. Uh, um, that's his call, fine. You yeah, know? And sure. let's face yeah. it, he, he very nearly did it a couple of times in the first yeah. half. Uh, in fact, if one cross had been a little bit uh, um, uh, less boomy, uh, yeah. uh, it would, after he, as you said, after he's run through the, almost the entire defence. <laughs> yeah. um, so there you are. I mean, they're, they're, the, they're the fine calls, aren't they, that, that, that we could all talk about until the counts come home. Let's talk a little bit about Olaf and his move then. I mean, that's that's a move that, that benefits Olaf, isn't it? To get first-team football at Tiverton, get amongst the goals at Tiverton, and it's only a month that he's out. It's an mu initial month, uh, and I think it makes absolute sense. Um, yeah. he, he, uh, the, the three players that play Mark Mode who aren't getting in the, in, in, even in the squad, Matt Buse, Mo Toure on loan from Newport, and, and uh, Olaf. And he's 17 years old. Um, as Gary Johnson said, we haven't sent him out because we're trying to get rid of him. We've sent him out because we love him. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, he's absolutely convinced that Olaf Casella will be uh, a, a top player mm -hmm. in time. He's only 17 and a half. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and yet he goes to the Southern League Premier with Tiverton and scores on his debut. A very good goal as well. Yeah. So we understand. Um, and uh, it gets him playing. It's this, this, it's a it's a frustrating old business training from Monday to Saturday and not even yeah <laughs> putting your boots on, um, and that's why uh, I know Johnson and and the staff are working very hard to get because uh, next next week part of the trouble is of course for, through August and September there's so many midweek games yeah um, a third of the season effectively is over by the time we get to the end of September. It's true. Okay. There's a lot of cup football to fit in. Well, after well that, isn't yeah. There? I mean, yeah. <laughs> at least we're not in the checker trade and stuff like that. True. But, yeah. but, but um, so there's an awful lot of fixtures. Next week is free. There isn't a yeah. midweek game next week. Obviously, the bank holiday is Saturday, Monday. Um, Aldershot on the 24th and Barnet away on the, yeah. on the, the Monday. But next week is free. Bang! Immediately, there's a there's a friendly being organised by the look of it. I'm sure Olaf Casella will come back from Tiverton and play in that friendly. Matt Buse will play. Mo Toure will play. Yeah. Um, um, you know, all the players who are on and off the bench will play. Will play mm -hmm. in that in that game. 
What, what do we know about the friendly? Do, do we know who who we're going to be up against? Well, I think Bristol Rovers is a possibility. Yeah. Not quite yeah. sure. It'll be a pri- It'll be on. A, it'll be a Behind training ground doors. game at this particular okay. stage. Yeah. But um, you know, we're, 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 I, I think it'd be great. And Gary Johnson was referring today. He said, you know, I used to, he used to love the old football combination games. Yeah. Um, you know, years ago. Uh, the, the important thing he stressed about that was was that there wasn't that many of them. The football combination was, was especially when it was split into north and south or, or regional. You only had ten or twelve games, so the yeah. commitment to that was doable. And of course, if you were up in anywhere around London, the travelling was minimal. Yeah. If yeah. you're Plymouth Argyle, it was a bit more of a, of a of a stretch. But and he said those were played at the grounds. Supporters came in. Yeah, and yeah. and you know, young lads were tried out. Reserves were playing. Supporters had a chance of saying, "Why isn't the manager playing, picking him?" You know, etc., etc., etc. Now, I, I, I personally think it would be great if United arranged a game against, for instance, Bristol City reserves or Bristol City under twenty threes, Exeter City, yeah. Plymouth Argyle on a Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. a Wednesday tea yeah. time or a Wednesday yeah. evening or during the holidays afternoon. Well, they, they let did the kids one, in for nothing. They did one a few years ago. I'm sure it was Bristol Rovers. I think it ended up three three or something like that. It was a cracking game of football one right. afternoon, and the kids all came in for free because yeah. it was half term. Charged the adults a couple of quid or yeah, something. Yeah, it like was that, a, it was a grand. I pro- I think I probably should have been working, but it was a good <laughs> it was a good afternoon yeah. out. Yeah, and and. They were just part of the club's structure, yeah, weren't they? Yeah. And 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 supporters can come along. You just pay a couple of quid to get in, so it doesn't. That's not an issue. As you say, the kids are free, and before you know where you are, you've got five or six hundred people in yeah. the ground, and everybody. There's no. It's not do or die. It's not. Nobody's throwing their toys out of the pram if it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, if they don't, things don't work. Um, and uh, I think that would be a great idea if yeah. United could do it. And, it would. Um, uh, and it ticks all the boxes, doesn't it? It gets game time. Even trialist A turns up, and <laughs> yes. we all we all look at each other and oh, say, "Uh oh, who's the, the trialist? The trialist again. thing, you yeah. know." And um, yeah, that would be great. But just to stress, if there is a friendly next week, which will give Liam Davis a game, it won't be in public. It'll be in no, behind uh, closed doors. No, at this particular game. stage, I think I'm ninety nine point nine percent certain it'll be on a training ground and behind closed doors. Okay. And before we leave the Maidenhead game, and a bit of credit to Maidenhead, they played very well, by the way. They did what they had to do. I think they hung in for they dear hung life in, for as long as they hit could. Hit us on the break Quite. and took the chances yeah. where they came. And we've all been there, haven't we? Yeah. There are times when you go away from home some, you know, and you're thinking, my goodness, can we get through this next half hour? Yeah. I'm sure Alan Devonshire, the Maidenhead manager, was looking at his staff after half an hour and saying, how on earth are we still nil-nil here? Yeah. But one thing from that game, for heaven's sake, Maidenhead sort those shirts out. Now, there was a Dreadful. point in the second half where a Maidenhead player got booked. I'm pretty sure it was Joe Ellor, the centre-back, yeah. but we had no way of checking, did we? No. We know it was it was a tall, dark-haired lad with stubble, wearing white boots, but we couldn't read his number. Red no. numbers on black and white striped shirts. Um, well, hopeless. They, and they, they had a square on the back of the shirt, but the square was black and the numbers were red. Yeah. Now, not only that, but there was a speckle, the, the background to that was speckled. It wasn't like you yeah. know, a clear background. And 
My goodness, they were hard to... The numbers were complete. And there was a point when they scored their first goal. Josh Kelly got their first goal. We know that now. Yeah. We didn't know that at the time. The guys in the announcer's box took a little while to work it out as well. They got it about the same time as we Well, you're very good at spotting boot colours, aren't you? Boot colours tend to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And and you you straight away, somebody shouted another name and you said, no, 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 he's the lad with the red boots. the guy in the orange boots. Yeah, Yeah. or or whatever it was. And... um, No, it's not helpful. Is not it? good. Sort those out. I'm surprised. United, on the other hand, perfect, perfect. But I'm surprised that Maidenhead haven't been told by a match official somewhere because the referees' assessors are sitting in the stand. Quite. And surely they would just have to say, "Look, come on, guys, you need to sort these shirts out." Yeah, yeah. It just, it just. Why have the number in red if you've got a black, mm. yeah, square? Put the numbers in white. Yeah, you know, at least that gives everybody a chance. It was hope, but anyway, that's my excuse for getting well a couple done. of names wrong on the blog on yeah. Tuesday night. But it was extreme conditions. Uh, now, there's there's been another game since we last podcast as well. We need to talk about the Bromley game. Yeah, Torquay picked up a point at Bromley. A they bit did. of a goal fest at Bromley. Very very windy though, wasn't it? And I, and I think yes, it was windy, um, and the wind was a huge factor in the match mm. uh, and not for the first time United didn't play very well with the wind and played very well without it yeah. uh, against it <clears throat> uh, but they're not the first team to have that problem um, <clears throat> I think as the season goes on that might look a better and better point as the months really? pass yeah. 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 Uh, Bromley are decent they're throwing a bit of money at it um, they've got plenty of players in that side who have been there and done it uh, the bench is quite strong. Yeah. Uh, and when they took the lead at 2-1 against the wind on the stroke of half-time, by the way, United conceded two very poor defensive goals, yeah. Uh, yeah. as I think everybody who's probably had a look at the highlights will, will agree. Um, uh, I think you'd have had your mortgage on Bromley going ahead and winning that game with the wind behind in the second half. Yeah. So the football that United played... The equaliser at Tool had 10 passes in it in the build-up to the goal that Conor Lemonhead and stuck in. Um, and United took the game completely away from them. Yeah. Uh, and it was only a real frustration that, that, that Bromley got their final equaliser three or direct from a corner. It when, just blew well, in at the far post. It didn't did. It, it yeah. did. You know, you, look, Sean McDonald will have been beating himself up about it from then until, and I'm sure he still is now, knowing him. It, you know, um, you, I'm sure he would agree... I should have done better, um, yeah. or he will have thought so. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad I wasn't out there and and having to do it myself. But yeah. um, you know that that's that's a goalkeeper's lot, isn't it? A goalie makes a slight mistake, and the ball always ends up in the back of the net, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Someone else makes a slight mistake out on the right wing, and no one bothers about it too much. But um, but there you go. No, so it was a real frustration because yeah. United played well enough in the second half to have won that game. Um, a lot of United fans there again as oh, well. Oh, fantastic turnout! Yeah. There, there, there's no um, away figures have been announced for Solihull, which I can obviously agree because there was no segregation at Solihull. Mm-hmm. Um, Sixteen hundred dollars Solihull on last yeah. Tuesday night. Um, uh, Fourteen hundred odd at Boreham Wood yeah. at uh, Bromley. Bromley. Um, I reckon there was the best part of six hundred and fifty seven hundred pounds really? between yeah. the, between yeah. the two games. Yeah, uh, brilliant. Brilliant turnout, good turnout, uh, and um, obviously a huge relief after the uh, the, the stuffing at uh, at Solihull, who by the way went on and scored six at Jolly on yeah. Tuesday night. Um, Hat trick for the, well, all the, all six goals scored by their big strikers: Danny Wright, Hat trick for Nathan Blissett, and two for Paul McCullum. Yeah, um, the land of the giants there, but 
at least uh, United didn't get anything there, but at least that's, <laughs> they haven't got to go it's back there again. The way. Um, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, um, Bromley, I think, will be certainly top half, I yeah. would have thought. Yeah. Uh, there'll be some ructions there if they're not. Um, and that might look quite a good, quite a good point in a few months' time. Another huge long trip for the Yellow Army as well this weekend. It's Dover all the way to Dover. Yeah, this yeah weekend, a marathon there. Dover have, have looked better away from home than at home so far. They've won at Chesterfield on the opening day of the season. Yeah. They then went and won at Barnet on uh, on Tuesday night. Um, yeah, Andy Hessenthaler <clears throat> knows this stuff inside out. I had a look through their squad the other day. Wow, you know, I, don't get me wrong, they're beatable, but... <laughs> There's a few been there, done it T-shirt characters in that squad. Yeah, uh, and we'll see how United. I'm, I'm, I, I, I. One of the Maidenhead officials came up to me on Tuesday night, and you know you absolutely hate hearing this, don't you? When you've lost two nil. Yeah, <laughs> you're the best team we've played so far by a country mile. And I went, I really didn't want to, <laughs> didn't need don't to hear ever that. say that again. But yeah, <laughs> you know, he did say it. So what we're saying about going to Dover, if United produce that level of performance again, yeah, and and can finish it off and and get a bit of luck in front of goal, there's no reason at all why they can't go to Dover and win. The Dover have got a bit of a sharpshooter though, haven't they? The uh, Alfie Pavey. He's a good player. I remember seeing him uh, the very first time we ever went to Welling, which is about three or four years ago yeah. now. Uh, he was on loan from Millwall at the time. He's only about five foot nine, quick, good turn, very sharp. I don't know whether he scored that afternoon. I think he did. And I can remember thinking, "Wow, he's decent." Yeah. <clears throat> and he clearly wasn't getting in at Millwall, and he never has done since. He's always gone around other clubs, Dartford. Haven't and Waterlooville, you know, etc. But he's he's got something. Look, he must lack something, or else he'd be in the yeah. football league yeah. again now, wouldn't he? But he's a natural goal scorer, bit of a sniffer around yeah. the box, and obviously dangerous. He scored buckets of goals for Dartford the, the season mm -hmm. before last. Went to Haven't and Waterlooville on the back of their promotion. For one reason or another, it didn't quite work out. He's a Londoner through and through, and he's now back at. He's gone to Dover Athletic. So, um, yeah, bit of a danger man. Yeah. Um, but, hold on a minute, he's not Kevin Keegan, is no, he? So, no. um, uh, Nothing we'll we can't handle. Fingers crossed. We would like to think. Yeah. Okay, so if you're going up to the Dover game, safe journeys there. Good luck. And, um, yeah, let's hope we get something out yeah. of that. Yeah, and then that's followed by quite a big weekend. Uh, obviously, we'll have another podcast before then all the shot at home yeah. on the 24th with the 520 kickoff yes live bt sport cameras there i never i never know whether that's an up for people or a down does it do, do people actually say no i'm staying home and watching it on bt well, sport or do they quite like to go along and it's because it's bt sport i mean i don't know what the list the, the viewer figures are for bt sport but it's not it's not a, a, a massively popular channel is it it's not as if it was on itv instead of the x factor or something is it? <laughs> yeah it's yeah. um so I no, I think people will go to the we'll, game. We'll go to that game, so. but it's obviously a tea time kickoff. It is, and then Barnet away forty eight hours later uh, on the Monday. Really? Now the the big topic of the week that we need to talk about is this DVD that we now. I went to the club shop on Tuesday night and snapped up a copy well before done, they all you. went. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't finished watching it yet. It's enormous. Well, it is. It's a getting marathon. on for four hours. It's long. like a whole yeah. season. It's a marathon, not a sprint. I, was, <laughs> I, I thought I'd, I I sat aside a bit of time. I watched some, and I still haven't finished disc one yet. So if nothing else, it is massive value for money, isn't it? Well, I, I interestingly, I, I sat down and watched it with my lad, who's a 
been a Torquay yeah. fan all his life. And he said something quite interesting to me when we started to watch it. He mm-hmm. said, Dad, I'm not sure, and he's 22, I'm, I didn't foist it on an underage <laughs> viewer, um, I'm not sure I want to know what goes on in the dressing room. That's a really interesting he point. He said, the dressing yeah. room for me has got a mystique to it. Yeah. It's, it's hallowed territory. No one should be allowed in there unless they, you know, all that kind of stuff. Quite a traditional view yeah. for, for a, a, a fairly young lad. And I went, well, that's a that's an interesting thing. I hadn't thing, thought of that. No, I hadn't. I hadn't either. thought. And it's true, though. I mean, because the normal fans, I, I've never been in a dressing room at halftime. Have you ever, during your covering Chalky United? I, I popped my head in before dressing rooms and afterwards, yeah. but certainly never. never uh, at you always know at a certain point, I mean, and it ha- has happened very rarely, that it's time to leave. It's a yeah. time to leave. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, the answer is absolutely not. And uh, I, it was an interesting. Mm. view having said that we watched it together yeah. and he loved it he, no, he, he, yeah. he, he thoroughly enjoyed it and, and uh, you know enjoyed all the, the, the aspects of it all good bad and indifferent yeah, yeah. Um, it's a it, is, it is yeah. it is a fly on the ball it is warts and all and that yeah. accounts for the 18 plus certificate uh, having said that, uh, that that's a warning obviously yeah. uh, there are no bleeps um, uh, with the language and I don't think if you showed it to a 15 or a 16 year old it would necessarily uh, change their mind and make them worse people uh, and no. I'm sure lots of kids of that age will end up watching it uh, um, I, I think Gary's been very brave in that respect because yeah, he has he, done it before at a couple of his yeah. other clubs by the way but when you meet Gary you know, when he goes to business breakfast or if he goes to such things or things like that but when you meet Gary he, he's you know he He's a very nice chap. He's very he's very well spoken, and he doesn't in normal conversation he doesn't swear. In the dressing room, it's a different matter, isn't it? It's a different Gary Johnson in there. But it's a different, different environment, isn't it? It is. It's, yeah. it's not just yeah. the Talk United dressing room. It's every single dressing room around the country, whether you're playing for Liverton United or or Talk yeah. United or Manchester United. That's dressing room. That 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 is dressing room mm. because they are passionate places. No. In, in football terms, and and, we, and you know, yeah. emotions run very high. Well, without giving any spoilers away, the, the the highlight of the first disc that I've seen so far is half time at East Thurrock, which Gary knew would be the highlight. When, it's when a it magnificent five yeah. minutes of of film. I mean, we should mention at this point. We'll mention it again before the end. Probably Louis Birkinshaw, the the, yeah. the chap who made. And the well film. done to Louis, by the way. This is the first time he's ever done anything, and I'm sure he would be the first to say, "Oh." I'd do things slightly differently here. I'd, I'd smart, I'd, you know, etc. Of course, yeah. of course, he would. This was rather dropped in his lap, or he picked it up himself. I'm not quite sure which way it worked around. He's United's video analyst. Yeah. Um, and he was the guy who has, with the, with the camera on his shoulder. Yeah. And as I mentioned in my review in the paper, I said there must have been some moments when even he thought, "Shall I switch off here? I'll get me coat." <laughs> yeah, quite. Right. But but he didn't. Uh, and and was told not to as well, <laughs> no, you know. And uh, so, so, so set the scene for us. What was going on at East Thurrock? What what had happened in that first half at East Thurrock? Well, um, United went to East Thurrock, which was one of their sort of games in hand because the, yeah. the first game had been postponed. This is end of February. Mm-hmm. Um, very nip and tuck with working at the top of the league. Um, Rookery Hill is not a place of uh, Wembley. Isn't which is um, it's a very small dressing room apart from well, anything else, isn't it? Telling me. Uh, and United were 1-0 down at half-time and they had been sorted out. 
Yeah. They, 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 yeah. They, they were being beaten in all aspects of the game, physically most of all. Yeah. Um, and Gary <laughs> is not a happy man. Now, Gary Johnson, the point you're just making about him <clears throat> is absolutely right. Most of the time, he's a you'd more than happy to introduce your granddaughter to him and he'd probably take her off and have a little chat with her about it. He has a reputation in the game of being one of the best hairdryer merchants around. Yeah. Uh, and a couple of times before that last season, um, he had <coughs> lost it a little bit mm -hmm. in dressing rooms and one or two of the players who'd never played under him before had said to the Asa Halls and the Liam Davises, wow, we don't want that to happen again. And I know the message had gone, you ain't seen nothing yet. Really? And, yeah. And so yeah. the East Thurrock was, <laughs> was, the, full, was the full treatment. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's, it's five or ten minutes of, pretty, of, of, yeah. of, of great stuff, isn't it, in a well, way? Well, he kind of goes around from player to player. He as well, does, he? He does. One of whom, we won't give the game away here, but one of whom... Makes the serious mistake. Of... of, of not arguing back, but making no. a point. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's the only. There's only one lad who's yeah. man enough to actually open his mouth and and yeah. say something. Bad idea. Yeah, he probably yeah. regretted that quite quickly. Yeah, but um, it's tremendous TV or whatever you call it. it, it it's very very good. Yeah, um, and I, of course history relates that United went out and turned that around and yeah. won two one, um, uh, and but but that yeah that's the dressing room sort of half-time highlight. Mm -hmm. uh, there's lots of... Basically, the, the video runs from after the defeat at Bath. Yeah. Uh, um, and for, right from... It covers every single game then and through the week, travelling, on the coach. Yeah. There's some the action hotel. footage in there as well, oh, isn't there? There's some action. Lots of highlight yeah. stuff yeah. in there, training ground stuff, um, you know, the, the little routines where players have to hop, hop, jump, 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 and then go right or left, <laughs> yes. all depending... <laughs> that doesn't go well, does it? <laughs> which, which team Aaron Down shouts at them? Is it yeah. Championship, is it Premiership? <laughs> People who seem to think that Man City might have been in the Championship. Yeah. But of course, it's all, it's all to do with trying to get a trying to get a yard on, on everybody yeah. else yeah. so that you get to the line first. But um, stuff like that. There's some um, funny stuff in it as well. Sean McDonald's on coach quiz and the repercussions for the losing team. Very very good stuff as well. Yeah. Um, um, and you haven't is... got to the uh, you haven't got to the second half yet. Have no, you? I the haven't. Second no, no. no, there's there's more of more good stuff. Plenty more. Obviously, Woking away is a bit of a highlight. Yeah, there. But in some that. ways, uh, if you watch watch the thing, it's there's a theme running through to it that that. Johnson and Aaron Downs and the staff are trying to get the team to the point where they have got it. Yeah. That, yeah. that, that they don't have to be told every single week, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to do the other. And there's a point, I think it's at the Dartford match, yeah. where, where, where Gary Johnson says, before the match, you've got it. You know what, what we've been on about. You're producing it now. It's in your heads. It's in your minds. And they go out and beat Dartford 2-0. And then they beat, we, um, is it uh, Chelmsford, I think it was 3-1, okay. which was the game yeah. in terms yeah. of winning the championship. A terrific second-half performance where I remember Rory Keating, was it, laid on one and scored one. Oh, had a tremendous yeah, second yeah, half against, yeah. uh, against Chelmsford. And so it isn't all ranting and raving. And, and uh, Gary Johnson says after that, he said, you in that second half have gone beyond where most players usually go, you know, yeah, in, uh, yeah. in terms of 
commitment and effort and everything. So there's there's lots of lots of pluses and stuff. Oh yeah, there's, um, there's, mind you, half time against Woking away gets a bit lively <laughs> as well. But um, and doesn't he refer to their little number eight who's running the game? <laughs> he does. Who yeah. is now our little oh, number, number ten? 10. Yeah, 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 that'll do. Um, there is so, one great. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very entertaining, uh, and and I'm sure people will enjoy. Yeah, it. there's one great sequence as well up at the um, up at South Devon College up at the training ground where they're trying some a quite elaborate routine which starts with a clearance and it's two or three players line, yeah, back. it's a diagonal back. out yeah. cross into the box one touch shot and you can hear that they really want to get one on the video that works perfectly <laughs> and it takes a while it does, doesn't it it, it does. takes a while and you can hear the frustration in growing it but it, it if you're in any doubt as to whether you're going to get a copy of this dvd Go get one. It's really good. It's well worth the money. Um, and as we say, it's it's longer than Citizen Kane, isn't it? <laughs> it's, Look, uh, I th- there, there are stretches of it on the training where you think, oh, they could have taken a couple of minutes out of this. But, you know, it's it's good fun. And, it is. Uh, and it, will be a, it, it will be a real insight for a lot of people. Oh, yeah, it's places um, you never go, isn't it, as a Absolutely, fan? yeah. And I'm quite happy not to have another look inside United's <laughs> dressing room at half-time for a little while. Thank you very exactly. much. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or the aqua aerobics. That was following the East Thurrock. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 After East Thurrock, the, 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 the uh, United allowed the team to stay after that match in a hotel yeah rather than well they did stay before before i think no they went up on the day it was in other words normally they just jump straight on the coach get back and yawn their way through the ne- next couple yeah. of days but no they stayed in a hotel afterwards and there was a david lloyd health center yeah. other ones are available um attached to the hotel and they had a a, a, a swimming pool aerobics class that's quite entertaining <laughs> as well isn't it it's all good yeah make sure you get a copy of that couple more bits of housekeeping to do before we leave you and good news from Newton Abbott 66 who've set up a walking football well this team. is close to in, your heart in are direct they, competition with the Chalky United are they the oh, they will be um, yeah. they will be now but um, yeah it's, oh, walking football is great it's good to see more teams coming on it's um, it's good fun we played last night it was a good game last good. night and when, when, when the new and 66 struck their stuff they did on mondays 6 30 right. osborne park turn up and play and have fun they say it's open to all levels it's affiliated to the devon fa and they're county league members for age 50 plus so we might be playing them actually when the fixtures start park. osborne park i think mondays luckily for them uh, the pub on the opposite side of the green there isn't open on a monday so or is that is that, that right get very messy oh, yeah. yes. that's probably yeah. why they've chosen monday yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. But yeah, well, if you're a gentleman of a certain age, and I know quite a few of you podcast listeners are, if you haven't tried walking football yet, go and give it a go. Good fun. Good camaraderie as well. And um, we haven't actually got a puzzle this week for you to think about uh, teams, although I did think it would be quite fun if we put together a Talker United team of proper homegrown talent, people whose birthday cards arrived at TQ addresses. Right. Homegrown players. The, best, the best ever... The Ian Twitchins and beyond. Mark yeah. yeah. Kevin Wills, players like that. Right. So homegrown, well, the, TQ postcode There won't players. be any problem. No, uh, it'll, it'll uh, be choosing it, a team, it, won't it? it? it it'll, yeah. be, it'll be who do we leave out? Um, that's, a, that's, a really good, that's a really good idea. What a team that might it be. It will be a good yeah. team, won't it? So let, let's put our minds to, together on that. Players, 
Should we say born in the TQ postcode area? South Devon. South Devon. Yeah. Um, Let's see what you can come up yeah, with. Yeah. Uh, Totnes and Dartmouth might um, uh, might have oh, they'll be, be included. They'll be TQ they, as well. Of course they are. Yeah. TQ yeah, as yeah. well. But I know Julian's back from his holidays in Spain now, so he'll be working on that before this podcast is even finished. Yeah. He'll have scribbled a few I have, names, I have a feeling that might spark, spark at least as much uh, argument as one or two others we've yeah. tackled. Let's have a look at the TQ players. We'll give you that one to muse on uh, over the next week. Uh, as I say, safe travel if you're heading up to Dover on Saturday. No midweek game next week. We will podcast ahead of the Big Bank holiday weekend. Great to have Aldershot in the league. It'll be good to, uh, good to me. play them. I would have thought if United could get something at Dover, especially if they could win. Yeah. Um, three and a half thousand yeah. against yeah. Aldershot on the 24th. Why not? They'll bring not? they'll bring two or 300 down, won't they? And Barnet, of course, on Bank Holiday Monday, that'll give us an opportunity next week to look back on the Battle of Barnet. Let's do that as well. Wow, that's that. what a... There we go. Nailed on. <laughs> Thank you for your time. Thanks for your company. Have good weekends. And as ever, come on, on you yellows. You've been listening to the Herald Express Devon Live Talker United Yellow Army podcast, recorded weekly by David Thomas and Guy Henderson. You can find this podcast by clicking devonlive.com or by following us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash DL or on Twitter at TQHE Sport. You can also subscribe on iTunes, search for Talker United on the iTunes app. Please leave us a review wherever you can. We welcome all feedback. Thank you very much for listening. Join us again next week.